Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Jeff Zito, and thanks again for checking out another episode of Celebrity Jobber, which you can stream on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Leave a review. Past episodes can be heard on CelebrityJobber.com. And check out our YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash the at sign celebrity jobber this episode's a little bit different because not one but two guests two guests from the same show i've been a big fan of the impractical jokers for the last few years if you don't know anything about them they're lifelong friends who met in high school had other jobs before they formed a comedy troupe and ended up getting a tv show we'll find out what they did before the show what their big break was, and of course, what their first job was. James Murray, a.k.a. Murr, and Brian Quinn, a.k.a. Q, both my guests this week on Celebrity Jobber. The Celebrity Jobber Podcast with Jeff Zito. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, give a five-star rating, and leave a review. Check out all our past episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you pod. What if these celebrities weren't famous? What would they have become? What was their first job? We're about to find out. Hey, Murr. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm awesome, man. It's got to be like a dream come true for you, no? Like, you know, you, you meet your buddies in high school. You're clowning around, you know, pull my finger, doing crazy shit. And then all of a sudden, you're making a, a living at it and, and a good one at that. Uh, a dream come true, but partly a nightmare. Okay. I mean, my friend, I, I've been thrown out of an airplane on TV. I've been had my nipples pierced. I've had four prostate exams at this point. I've got a tattoo forcibly put on my body of a ferret skydiving. I've had my eyebrows shaved. 
Novocaine injected into my body against my will, and so I was a blabbering idiot. I mean, the, the list goes on. You know, you watch the show. Well, fair enough, uh, and I have to tell you the best episode of all time is your, your, your you know, boyhood crush on Winnie Cooper, and he had to oil yourself up and interview her. Oh, my God. Yeah, great for you. It's horrifying for me. There, there's literally... <laughs> my life before and after that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're celebrating 10 years. Can you take us back all the way back to when you first met uh, the guys in high school? Sure. It's actually 10 seasons, and we start shooting season 11 today after this uh, interview. Wow. Uh, we go I leave for set. It's actually been 14 years of making the TV show. Unbelievable. Wow. wow. I, I met the guys, uh, I met the guys uh, freshman year, first day, uh, and Went to Farrell High School in 1990. We became best friends. I met them all in religion class. We were like studying the Beatitudes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and and when did this when did this whole thing uh, come about? Where you guys are like kind of videotaping, uh, you know, pranking people and and stuff like that. We, we we always did this. I mean, we went to all boys Catholic high school. There was nothing to do other than prank each other, you know. So it was like ingrained in our DNA from an early age. And then we just decided to start filming it, and and that's what sold them Practical Jokers. That's it, man. It's it's just a, an incredible story, and because a, a lot of people see your story and they go, "Oh my gosh, like this is great." They're hanging out with their friends, but you know. But you did say it is a little nightmarish with all the different things that you, you had to go through. What, what about your, your parents? What did they do for work? Oh, my God, so much different. My, my mother raised uh, my sisters and I, uh, and my father was a stockbroker. Like, he left for work, took the subway and the ferry into the city in a suit and a tie and a briefcase. Completely the opposite of what we do. We're like a very serious, but very, very funny man, you know? But what did he have to say, or mom had to say, when you were like, okay, guys, I'm going to I'm gonna move into this career where I'm kind of doing pranks with Q and, and Joe and Sal? You know, like, were they supportive? Were they on your case a little bit about that? My mother, since I was a kid, wanted me to be a podiatrist. Solely because she had absolutely terrible feet. She just wanted free, free podiatry work, you know? Uh, and I think my father was hoping I'd go into business or something. But I kind of did go into business, when you think about it. No, you and, did. Uh, they, they grew, they, 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 they grew to love the show. They loved it immediately because they loved the guys. The guys are just the best guys you'll ever meet, you know what I mean? So they, they were very supportive always. What, were, what was your major when you went to Georgetown? Uh, I was an English and marketing major. And what did you think you were going to do with that degree when you got out of school? Well, Georgetown couldn't help me at all with that, but they were very, it was a great school. I loved it, uh, but uh, I always thought I was going to go into, uh, yeah, I thought I was going to go into TV or film. Oh, you did? Uh, or writing, and that's what I did. Well, two questions. What was your first job out of college, and then I want to know what your first job ever was. My first job out of college was unemployed. Okay. <laughs> I, I really rose up to my unemployed career well. Like, I had no benefits. I had, you know, the commute was great. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, my first job ever, I worked at Party City, which is a party, you know, yeah. store with Joe Gatto. Him and I were, uh, were uh, employees there, summer of whatever it was. And, uh, and he was like the MVP salesman, and I got fired because Party City has those tall aisles where you put boxes on top for storage, and I pushed a whole giant box of so red Solo Cups onto the top, 
and I pushed it too far, and I <laughs> over onto the other side of the aisle, and it hit a woman in the head, and it fired me. <laughs> well, good thing it didn't happen in this day, because people are very litigious now. Even though Red Solo Cup, she'd probably be suing, and maybe me and you wouldn't be talking right now. She becomes heiress to the Red Solo Cup empire. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing right before you went to be a joker full-time? Did you have a regular job? Yeah, I actually, uh, I actually had gotten pretty far. I, I, uh, I ran development. I was the SVP of development for the TV company that makes Impractical Jokers. Uh, and I did that for like 10 years and uh, kind of rose up in my career of TV development, uh, pitching and selling TV shows to eventually, with the guys, pitch and sell Impractical Jokers. And then we, the show took off and I had to eventually leave that job, but I loved it. I, I, I did that for a decade. Yeah, and you're still kind of involved. I mean, because that c- company that you worked for is now making your TV show. So you're, you're kind of still involved, no? 1,000%. We still pitch TV shows together all the time, you know? That's awesome. Now tell me, I don't think the dynamic has changed since Joe left the show, but tell us why Joe chose to leave. Did things just get a little too hectic for him? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll let Joe answer that question when you interview him. That being said, we're still best friends. And I mean, so much so that, uh, what, two weeks ago, the guys and I surprised the audience and popped on stage at his show. He was doing a, a sold-out show at the Beacon Theater in New York City, and as a surprise the audience, uh, uh, you know, one of the, he takes a couple questions at the end, and one of the questions he gets are, are the guys and I still best friends? And he goes, why don't you ask them? And we walked on stage, and the crowd went crazy. Oh, that's so, awesome. When you talk to him, but yeah, I mean, still my best friend. I just faced him two days ago. He's uh, in Australia on tour right now. That's awesome. Tell me, what do you think it was, Murr? Like uh, a series of things that happened for you, but like. Can you tell me about like your your big break? Because I can tell you for as long as I've been watching the show and you've been coming to the city that I've been working in, the um, you know, the venues have gotten larger and larger and larger. So was there a particular moment that things really kind of snapped and took off for you? By the way, you're in Tampa, right? I am. We are we're performing at the uh, Hard Rock in uh, Tampa. In like a few weeks, for their uh, March 24th. Yes. At the uh, Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, you know? I am very well aware of it, and I'll, I'm going to be there. Are you for real? I'm, yeah, I'm, abs- I'm absolutely going to be there. My wife's a big fan. I'm a big fan. I figure that'd be a great night to be there. Awesome, man. Yeah, uh, by the way, people get their tickets at ImpracticalJokersLive.com. I-, I would say, the, the, in answer to your question, the moment for me was, well, yeah, I mean, the tour is what made it feel real to me. Like, as you said, like, we were playing comedy clubs, we sell out immediately. Then we were playing small theaters and larger theaters. And then, uh, and then I remember the night um, we, we, we played Madison Square Garden, and I came out of the subway, because uh, I took the subway to, to the garden. Right. And, uh, and the side of the garden set in practice we were sold out, and I literally had tears streamed down my face. Because I remember doing a show 15 years ago in New York City, and two people bought tickets to see the show. <laughs> I mean, we were, you know... Hopefully we've gotten a little bit better along the way, but uh, I remember that night. And uh, so, yeah, I think the tour is what kind of made it feel different for us. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 
You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Well, it, it, I mean, look, congrats. You guys are, are, are great. It's, uh, you, you know, you got, a whole, you got a whole channel pretty much devoted to you, which is great. Because every time I turn on True TV, the Jokers are on. So, um they're, they're starting their 11th season uh, on uh, True TV. And as Murr just mentioned, uh, the guys are doing a small tour, kind of not a tour, but there is uh, a few dates in Florida between uh, March and June and in Tampa playing at the Hard Rock. That's March 24th. I look forward to meeting you guys, man. You too, buddy. Uh, yeah, and uh, new episodes of Impractical Jokers every Thursday night on True TV and TBS. Tomorrow night's episode is on TBS, actually. Uh, and then we're, uh, yeah, brand new episodes all throughout the spring. Can you tell me about a couple of the guests real quick before I let you go? A few guests, can you tell me about this year? I mean, dude, this week is Kim Fields, if you remember her from the, from the Facts of Life. Of course. Another uh, on now. Uh, we have Alf as a guest this season. Alf, no joke. Uh, we got, uh, in two weeks, I lose an episode, and Roy Wood Jr., the uh, comedian, is on the show. And uh, he, he helped us punish me, and uh, they made me uh, be in a convertible at a drive-thru in, at, at White Castle in the Bronx. The guys controlled the horn. So every time I pull up behind cars in the drive-thru, they started leaning on the horn, and it was chaos, man. Oh. I just got my you-know-what handed to me. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and I'll see you in about a month. You got it. Sounds good. Thanks, buddy. So before the Impractical Jokers, Murr actually worked uh, for a company that uh, pitched TV shows, TV development, and he ended up getting a deal with that company for his own show, Impractical Jokers. He said his mom always wanted him to be a podiatrist because she she had ugly feet. Not to mention when he got out of Georgetown, he was unemployed. But his very first job, Party City with Joe Gatto, a former cast member of Impractical Jokers. He said he cried when he saw, you know, the Impractical Jokers name on the marquee at uh, Madison Square Garden. I think that's when he said he felt like it all happened for him. I don't know if that was his big break, but that's when he felt like he made it. Really funny guy. So now we're off to our second guest from Impractical Jokers. My wife's actually a big fan of his podcast, which is called Tell Him Steve Dave. Brian Quinn, or as you know him as Q, is our guest now on Celebrity Jobber. Hey, great. Well, we're way ahead of schedule, right? Yeah, not for long. <laughs> hey, Q. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> what, what's up, man? How's it going, bro? Uh, pretty good. I, I guess I have to start off. I've been instructed to say a few things to you. I, I have to start off by telling you my wife is an aunt, okay? Uh, oh, all right. Excellent, excellent. Um, I don't know, and I, I don't listen to Tell Him Steve Dave. I hear about it all the time secondhand. 
I don't think she's into comic books, and I'm not sure if the podcast is solely about comic books, but I think she got into you guys from Comic Book Men, which is a show that you did uh, for a while, and became a huge fan, and she said to me today, tell Q that your wife's an aunt. So I said, uh, okay, what, what, I gotta look Uh-oh. this up. <laughs> those, yeah, those are. We have a saying on Tell 'em Steve Dave that no one's special. We're all just ants in the anthill, so we call ourselves ants. How did you get involved with that podcast? Did it kind of spawn from Comic Book Men? No, no. It, actually, that podcast has been around. Geez, I mean, it's going to be fifteen years soon. We, we. I started working for Kevin Smith, uh, uh, the wonderful film director, longtime friend, when I was. Uh, 19 and tell him steve dave is a podcast that sort of emerged out of that culture that he had built at the time the viewers universe and brian and walt who i do tell him steve dave with uh all this time are in kevin's movies or in the bulk of kevin's movies, right right two characters kind of over and over again so so you know and i was working for kevin and when they started the podcast i was like oh i'll help out and then that turned into me being on it um and then, and here we are, low all these years later. Your wife is a fan, but it's a fun podcast. Like, uh, I don't think you'd go wrong listening to it if you want. Join your wife. I got to also tell you this too: uh, that she says that me and you kind of look very similar. So I got to tell you, you're a very handsome man. Yeah, I was about to say. It sounds like she has good taste in podcasts <laughs> and so you, you married to keep it, my friend. <laughs> So you mentioned that, uh, first of all, I'm very impressed that the podcast is 15 years old because podcasting 15 years ago was not a thing. It was only a very select few that were doing it. So with that being said, and knowing that you probably weren't making a whole lot of cash doing it 15 years ago, what made you want to start a podcast? Uh, I always wanted to do radio. Really? Um, I loved radio. Yeah, I, I loved radio. I always wanted to kind of do something in radio. And uh, when podcasting came out, you're right. No, I I remember the days where I had to explain to everybody. Some of my friends now who have like three podcasts, I remember explaining to them, being like, it's like a radio show, but it's on the internet. It was the best way to, to describe sure. it like that. Um, and I just loved it. I, I, I always loved uh, talk radio. I always loved the format. Like I was always a big Howard Stern guy. Um, so it just felt like I was part of that world, which right. I loved. And you were mentioning that when you were 19 years old, you worked for Kevin Smith. Can you tell me a little bit about what, what were you doing for him? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I, I was started as an intern at his company. Viewers uh, would decide to start accepting internships to like try and pay back a little bit to the next generation. And uh, I was lucky enough to be selected when I was 19. And oof, man, it's been a journey. I've been involved with Kevin and that crew ever since. And I'm, I'm geez, I'm 47. So those guys have been a part of my life for a long time. So at first I was an intern, and then Kevin. Uh, started doing like merchandise he was way ahead of kevin was way ahead of the game uh on uh the internet he was interacting with fans before anybody else um and merchandising like he was he started a whole merch company that you know unfortunately he hired a 19 year old idiot to run it um so we had (laughs) growing pains in the beginning but we got we turned it into a really like kind of successful business and you know when you when you're working at that company you're kind of like whatever needs to be done gets done so if you wanted to start a film festival we helped out with that it was 
it was just like a great, great time of my life. Like he would produce these low budget movies like Big Helium Dog and Dogma, and I was 21, and he'd be like, "All right, you're the casting director on it." And like, <laughs> wow. It. Yeah, it was fun. It was a really special time of my life. So, uh, so you know, I love those guys. And then obviously, you make a big you you make a point to talk about it. You know, a, a lot during Impractical Jokers, which, by the way, I am a big fan of the Jokers, and you talk a lot about your previous life as a firefighter uh, in New York City. And when, how old were you when you became a firefighter? And how long were you? Sure, I was, I was actually a little on the older side. Uh, I got on when I was 28, which doesn't sound old to guys like us now, but like when you're going through it, all the, all the guys, you know, most of the guys are like in their early 20s and they called me the old man in the fire academy. <laughs> um, yeah, and I did that for about eight years uh, at uh, Ladder 86 here on Staten Island and, and loved it. And then the first two seasons of Impractical Jokers, I was still working in the firehouse. So I would go to the set. I would shoot during the day. Then I'd go to the firehouse, work an overnight shift, then go back to set the next morning, shoot, then go back to the firehouse, do an overnight shift, then go back to set. So there were times where I was working like legit, four days in a row straight with no, with no break. It was, it was a pretty crazy time. You had a TV show and you're still working as a firefighter for two years? Oh my God, dude. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, we got paid, like our first season salary for this show was, this is writing, uh, performing, producing, everything. We got like $3,000 an episode. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the budget was so low. And, you know, we were so unknown, and True TV was such a low-budget network at the time that it's literally all they could afford. Uh, so it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like we were like, ah, we hit the money, we retired. It was very much like a labor of, don't get me wrong. Like, I, you know, I, I'll take, uh, you know, I'll take three grand. I love, I love three grand like everybody else. But, like, you know, it's not life-changing. It's like buy a car money, not like, right. not even like, like I bought a cheap Wrangler, you know? Hey, nothing wrong with I drive a Jeep Wrangler. Look at all this that we have in common. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I still drive one. I, my car right now is a 2018. Yeah. Right on. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. What was it? When or when was it when that $3,000, obviously those days are long gone for you, what was it, when was it, like, when you noticed, wow, holy shit, we have, we've made it? Because um, 
I remember watching you guys for, for a long time and I'd see you come through town, small venue, smaller venue, or, you know, a little bit bigger venue, a little bit bigger venue. So you've progressed over the years from small venues to big, big venues. But at what point in time were you like, oh man, I think we did it. I think we hit something here. Yeah, there's a, there's a, it was really the touring that drove that feeling because like there's certainly a point when you leave your house where it goes from, you know, you could just have a beer and enjoy yourself to some people coming up to you and being like, oh man, are you that guy from TV? You know what I mean? Stuff like that to like every time you go out of the house, people are, are excited to see you. You know what I mean? Right. There's that natural journey. But really for that, there's like the touring because you just nailed it. Like we were playing like Whitey's, a pool hall in the middle of the country, which shout out to Whitey's. I actually haven't thought of him in years. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's a pool hall and they're cramming 200 people in, but it's sold out. And like, the, it was like, it sold out in like a minute. And they're like, oh, we go to a bigger place. And then a bigger, and then suddenly like you find your, like you see the audience growing and being excited to be there and you're interacting with them because after the show, you know, we'd go out with them. We'd be like, we're going to the bar across the street. And it was like, it was a real, you just saw it growing and growing. And then you find yourself like, you know, we, 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 we're doing it again. May 5th, we're playing Radio City. The um, first time we played Radio City was like, like, who am I, man? Where am I? You right. know what I mean? And then that turns into Madison Square Garden. So it's just like a progression that I think We've been really good at, me and my friends, at accepting it as it comes. Like, because some people I met, you know, will get just a big head about it. It's like, of course I'm playing MSG. Um, and <laughs> I don't think that has happened to me, my friends. Like, we've been very good about every step being like, we cannot believe that this is happening. And even now, we started shooting season 11 yesterday. And there's, you get on set, and like, you're like, here are all my friends. The crew's been with us 10 years. Like, the immense gratitude we have for everything going on has never gone away with the four of us, which is, which is pretty, because we're a band. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're, we're a band and like, we love each other. Like Joe left the show, but I talk to Joe every day. I love Joe. I don't have hard feelings against Joe. Um, I go to, he just played the Beacon Theater. We, we came out on stage with him and stuff like that. It's, it's the incredible gratitude that we have is, is I don't know, it's pretty great. So what, I don't know how I got on that tangent. What was your very first job, Brian? My very first job was uh, on Sand Lane in Staten Island uh, and in the 1930s was this small amusement park called Sand Lane Amusements. And it was, it was great as a kid. They had like carnival games. It was permanent. It didn't move, but it had carnival games in it small roller coaster that I would scrape and repaint when the summer came and, and I was a ride operator there and, and I remembered going there as a kid and, and then when I started working there I was like 16, 17, that was my first job at Sand Lane, I was a ride operator at this little rinky dink amusement park that they later <laughs> tore down and built some townhouses on top of, but it was that was my first job and I, I loved it Man. It, was, it was great talking to you I'm looking forward to seeing you March 24th by the way, the Hard Rock in Tampa uh, would love um, oh, yeah. going to come see you guys there and of course shooting their 11th season of the Impractical Jokers on True TV Thursday nights at 10pm really pleasure talking to you man and I look forward to uh, to seeing you in, a, in about a month or so thank you yeah me too and then please tell your wife I said thanks for listening to the podcast that, that's always my favorite uh, thing to hear the Tell Steve Dave stuff so thank you absolutely we'll see you soon thanks again 
All right, so he kind of said the same thing as Murr as far as when he thought that the Jokers actually made it. They were touring for all these years. They started off in, uh, you know, small, small venues. He said just a couple of people showed up in, in the first show that they did or one of the first shows that they did. And through the years, I remember being in, uh, Fort Myers, Florida, where they played a small little theater and then it grew and then it got into multiple nights. And now we're talking about Madison Square Garden. I mean, these guys definitely saw their success through touring. OK, Hugh's first job at an amusement park where he was uh, a ride operator, had a lot of jobs. I thought that was pretty interesting. He worked for the fire department when the Impractical Jokers show was on TV. I thought that was crazy. But he said they were only making a few bucks from the TV show at the time. He also had a job working as an intern initially for Kevin Smith. He's a filmmaker from New Jersey, Chasing Amy, Dogma, and of course, the cult classic Clerks. So when he was 19 years old, Brian was working for Kevin Smith's company, became friends with him over the years, and the podcast. I found it fascinating that Q always wanted to be in radio. He said radio interests him. So the podcast was like doing a radio show on the internet. Sure. But really ahead of his time with podcasting, it's been around for a minute, but he started his podcast 15 years ago. And back then, it really wasn't a thing. Really cool, guys. The show, Impractical Jokers, hilarious, true TV, new episodes, new season going on right now. I really had a good time taping this episode. Those guys, Murr and Q, lots of fun, obviously. And I'm going to see them when they come you can see if they're coming anywhere near you at ImpracticalJokersLive.com. They are on the road a lot through this summer. So thanks again for listening to another episode of Celebrity Jobber. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on all of them. So subscribe. We'd love a five-star rating. Leave a review. Past episodes on CelebrityJobber.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, I'm Jeff Zito. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.